1: JP, one of my favourite times of the week, it's a Thursday at 12.30, which means that you and I, for an hour, can have a wee chat about Celtic, it's a Celtic state of mind. Um, you're back, you're back in Glasgow, how was your uh, trip back to Seville, t- uh, almost 20 years on?
2: It, it was great, um, I think I was maybe being a bit optimistic to think I would have the time to go and. Visit the ground uh, where we played. It, it would have been nice, but it's just it was a it was a three day wedding, so it was kind of like full on activities uh, from from Thursday through till Saturday, really. And then I was uh, back home and it uh, was back to Malaga on Sunday morning, which is where I uh, watched the game on on a, on a train, and I had no reason to embarrass myself this time because there was well. I just sat in sort of stony silence as uh, I watched events unfold in Paisley from from afar. Nothing to I, cheer about as as I, as I went through the Andalusian uh, mountains. Um, but I know the civil was great, and uh, you know the place that the wedding took place was um, was one of the most beautiful uh, uh, locations I've ever been to for anything. Never mind the wedding, but it was just kind of like a kind of botanical garden with a really nice house. And uh, I think uh, Dave's wife found it a while ago, maybe like three years ago. And and in the time since, it's been featured in a pretty prominent wedding magazine. So it's kind of blown up as a kind of destination. Oh, that's a good place to go and get married. So they've they've put the price up accordingly, but they've had it locked in at the price that they found it at. So it's pretty... Fair play. Right fly. Um, and yeah, it's really, really, really nice place and I think it's become like a kind of Instagrammable wedding uh, <laughs> affair, you know, where people like to show off their wedding with this, you know, uh, it was it was it was a lot of down to earth people that were there that I was with. I met met some really nice people. Um, including a script writer and a producer from Hollywood, which isn't who you expect to sit be sitting talking talking to at a wedding, um, but very interesting, very interesting people and very nice people as so. well.
1: What I love about you doing your travels, JP, and the people that you meet. Uh, obviously in your job, also in your kind of personal life because you like travelling about. It's just, you will be one of these people that spread the word on Celtic, you know, and then you see pictures of like Kiefer Sutherland popping up with a Celtic jersey on and Danny Glover and all that holding up the Celtic stuff. You're one of those guys, man. You're spreading the good word Celtic. Well, I say
2: that, I, I, there, was a, there was a drinks thing on the uh, the Thursday night, and uh, I met the bride's father and I was standing talking to him. Really nice guy from, like, a Londoner, basically. And, you know, no no skin in the game up here. And we were chatting away and we were you know, talking about how nice it was to be in Seville and everything else. And I says, oh, I came here a long time ago to watch my football team. And he was just like, oh, you're Celtic. And he was like, oh, Dave's Rangers, isn't he? And I was like, how does that work? And I was like, well... You know, we 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 make it work. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't get in touch with him if Celtic win uh, against Rangers. I don't get in touch with him, and uh, you know he doesn't get in touch with me. But we're we're really good pals. But he mentioned we were talking about the number of guests that were going to be at the wedding, and 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 Dave's, uh, and Dave, uh, his name is Dave, said, uh, yeah, I think it's uh fifty fifty five that's going to be here. And I went, he's never specifically made it 55 guests. And then I had to explain the whole, I explained everything about the last few years or the last 10 years. And uh, and then Dave used that in his speech, you know, to wind Dave, my pal Dave up about the the guest, the wedding number. And uh, they brought it up. He said, so Dave's a, a, a Rangers boy. And I, I booed <laughs> during the speech. It was one of those ones where you could feel comfortable enough. And I'd met everybody by that point anyway, and I I booed Rangers, as they were mentioned in the speech.
1: That's a a lovely link, uh, talking to Celtic fans booing. We will get on to some other issues along those lines, but you know what, We we want to keep it nice and light as well, JP. It's International Week, you've got the Scotland jersey hanging up behind you. Are you into the internationals? I mean, I know a lot of fans are into club football, first and foremost, and they have maybe a alliance with international football what's your take on it I see you've got the jersey there were you watching with interest last night
2: I mean I've, I've got a bit of it I was working I was straight back into work last night working uh, at Tuts incidentally I should mention the band that we're on 2nd called Happy 2000 they're named after a, a Chinese takeaway in Southampton um, true story and uh, the singer appeared side of the stage with the remember the the the, the it would be 17 18 away top, you know, the, the green, the two shades of green, the hoops,
1: yes, with yep. the
2: gold, the gold sponsor and the gold logo, yeah, he appeared with a very battered version of that strip, uh, quite tight on him as well. And I was like, and he had a CU uh, Jimmy hat on and shades, and I was like, where's this come from? Because he and was just, just a combo, he was wearing normal clothes up until that point. And he went, Oh. The guy that's doing merch for us, uh, asked him if he had a Celtic top because I wanted to wear a Celtic top on stage. It's our first um, gig in Glasgow, and uh, I'm a Celtic fan, and I was like, what? I I've, I've ne- I've never got chat- chatting to him too much afterwards. I meant to ask him how he became a Celtic fan, but he came on stage, and after the first song, he just went, eh, it's great to be in Glasgow. Come on, you boys in green. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> God, <laughs> you did this. That that doesn't necessarily fly at a, a neutral venue, but it might uh, not
1: land. It might not
2: land the way that you well, think. It's, there's, there's no glass allowed in the venue, so uh, you know the worst he was going to get was a pint, uh, a plastic pint. But he um, actually got a, quite a big cheer. So meanwhile,
1: I'm writing down Happy 2000. I must get them in full session.
2: Right. <laughs> they're a bit they're kind of like an ele- electro idols. Right. That's what, that's what I described them as. Uh, they, were, they were good. They were good. But I, I, I didn't get to see the Scotland game. in answer to your question, because while well, I was working, and you can't just sit and watch a ninety-minute football match while you're running a gig, you could. But it's not very, it's not very uh, PC um, to be there just digging your job. So I watched a bit of it. I saw a couple of goals. um And yeah, I was, I was I, I, honestly, I probably would not have been there had I not had I not been working. Because um, I do like to go to the Scotland games. I went to Scotland games when I was a wee guy with my dad, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I, especially when there's a lot of players in the team that you kind of like. You know, there's there's you know a lot of ex Celtic players, current Celtic players, yeah, um, and players of a of a Celtic persuasion that uh, are maybe elsewhere. You know, like see your John McGinnis and and whatnot. So I know,
1: I know, a good I good breath was- from him. Good finish from him. So. Absolutely. He, he used the old Kenny Dalgleish backside trick where he would just take a guy out of the game just with one move of the butt cheek. Well done, John McGinn. Mm. Uh, we'll not get into what could have been. Um I, I want to get as many comments in as possible, but as I say, we'll, we'll have a few wee light-hearted stabs at a few things, JP, where I want to hear your uh, take on it, I want to hear the opinions of those in the comments section, John Hill is looking forward to another great Celtic talk great work lads, yeah we know that it is the international break but there's always loads to talk about and the fact that JP and I only get together once a week to do it means we can talk about everything that everybody else has spoken about already and put our take on it as well, Robert Davey afternoon all from um, Dublin, now I don't want to mispronounce the 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 village or town or city that he's living in there
2: I think it might be the weather.
1: Just just a guess. It may be Is rainy. It rainy. Yeah. Rainy. Oh, there you go. Um, that makes sense, mate. Thank you for keeping me right. Kevin Graham, poet, afternoon comrades. Um, and Kevin was on yesterday with John Hughes. Very enjoyable show actually. But I'm gonna throw in my first name drop. What are we now? We're we're under ten minutes, JP. But I watched the Kevin Graham and John Hughes show yesterday. Well, I should actually say I listened to it. Uh, while I was driving home um, when they were live. I was in Glasgow. I had to meet somebody in Glasgow, which will lead me on to my next bit. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to drop the name. Going to do it. I just, uh, it's not somebody I know, but I'm just sitting there chatting away to somebody um, who tunes in. I won't name him, but he knows who he is. He, he tunes into Axon, having a good chin wag about Celtic, of course. And um, he says to me, he said, "You know." Simon Ferry and Charlie McGrew kick about round here and they often go into that wee cafe there for a cup of tea and stuff like that. Uh, literally 30 seconds later, Simon Ferry bounces up the street. He comes right over and gives us a big uh, handshake and says well done to what we're doing, which I thought was just a touch of absolute class from Simon Ferry. Excel, of course. Now, um, doing brilliantly with Open Goal and, and Broomhill and all that kind of stuff as well, JP. Touch of class, Simon Ferry. Just bouncing along Ingram Street in Glasgow.
2: What they what they did <clears throat> I wasn't there. Uh I probably would have gone if it I wasn't working. It was just in the middle of a run of insane gigs. But what they did doing that at the hydro, that, that's Unreal. That's mental. Like Crazy
1: levels. Crazy
2: levels, Take eh? what they've been doing just as a podcast just like this and then and taking that to, to the hydro. I mean just the the the, the clip of Charlie McGrew Trapping the ball from the crowd is—I mean, it's—it's
1: it's just joyous. <laughs>
2: have you seen that?
1: No, you know I've not ball? seen it.
2: I've not seen you that. Through a ball comes from the audience it's, it's a, quite a height. I don't know if they've kicked balls out into the crowd or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But Charlie McGrew just watches it and just brings it down on his foot and lets like lets it land on his foot, and they all go absolutely mental on on the stage because he's done that on on the stage at the Hydro in front of. 12,000, 13,000 people or whatever.
1: So, um it's, You're right, though. It is sensational, particularly coming from someone like yourself who's in the industry and would know how uh, much work behind the scenes would need to go into a, a something that size, right? And they've done it twice. Aye,
2: done it but twice. It, it's something that... I mean, I have to be honest. When I saw that the, 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 uh, they'd gone to the hydro, I was like, no way. That... The the, the 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 knowledge that I have from working in the industry, you're kind of thinking, no way is that going to, you know, even get half full. You know, it's it's not something that you can just do at, at the uh, the flick of a switch. Is just translate a podcast audience into a live audience mm. in an arena. You I know, know? They, they they've obviously tapped in. They must have known with their analytics and their figures. You know that there was a there was a possibility that they could do it. So otherwise they would have lost a hell of a lot of money cuz it's not cheap to hire the hydro. <laughs> um, I, bet. I, just... bet. I mean
1: no fair play but even when you think about it the two characters that constantly got spoken about on the show leading up to the live events were Gravison and Decanio. Mm. You know and all the stories that were attached to them so if you were ever to write the script and say well we're going to take this live that's the two people you would have wanted to see and I know a lot of Celtic fans don't like Decanio for his politics totally get that but under the uh, circumstances of open goal operating as they were operating, they're the two guys that you thought to yourself, if they could put them on a stage they might just be able to do this um, mm. but I absolutely superb, um, Simon Ferry, I do remember William McStay there's my second name drop, saying to me one time that um, Simon was one of the best young players you ever saw coming through at Celtic, but then he had a really bad injury I think in his teenage years and that um, stumped his development a bit
2: I remember his name like, like I guess when would it be that he was on the periphery of the Celtic team what years?
1: Well he, he was part of that remember the, the Wembley Cup team mm-hmm. where McCourt and uh, Samaras and all these guys he was part of that team mm. he was part of that team which would have been Tony Mowbray 2009 then eh? yeah, Tony Mowbray so that, that would have been his time
2: yeah, you're you always like you're always been you have always been aware of players that are in in the wings, you know, you know, youth players. So I, I remember, you know, Mark Anthony and Mark butcho and Barry John Cor. All all these guys that you, you, if you were that into Celtic, you would be aware of the Celtic view,
1: the Celtic view in the
2: programme, yeah. You, you know, the, the the reserve games or the whatever whatever setup it was back then it probably was reserves wasn't it Mm -hmm. yeah reserves for that whole time so and Simon Ferry was one you would see prominently and there would be sort of reports about him you know being somebody that would be on on the on the verge of getting into the first team so it's not really surprising to find out that he was highlighted by Willie McStay
1: and the thing is if you look back far enough um Charlie McGrew, who was one of the guys, JP, who was at Celtic from a very young age, used to go by the name Chaz. Chaz <laughs> McGrew. Honestly, if you look at the Celtic so, views,
2: so 80s. Charlie McGrew is, is an 80s guy living in a, he's a, he's a an, an analogue guy living in a digital world. I think he's totally like the type of guy that you'd see out <laughs> at clubs in the 80s wearing like slip-on shoes and like a thin leather tie, you know, like that kind of. He, he could probably still pull that off, mate. I know they definitely could. He's, <laughs> he's a character indeed. But, uh, and he's, now a he's now a, a, a meme. You see Charlie McGrew's face on Twitter daily these days, where you're just like, You made that up. And <laughs> you know, the, the interview where he's like, You're raging that now. You. That that's, that's honestly, I see that all the time on, on my Twitter
1: feed. Is, is Charlie McGrew. <laughs> it's something else in it. It's absolutely yeah. superb. Um, but. Seeing how we're getting all nostalgic, this should lead us on to a wee picture I'm going to share with you, JP, right? And I know how much you love your Celtic history as well, right? There's a little picture of what I think is a completed collection, right? Get the anoraks out, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's a completed collection of the old VHS archive that uh, obviously was very popular in the 80s and 90s, not so much... Um, 2000s although there are quite a few in there from kind of Martin O'Neill's time so it's actually taken me quite a while first lockdown started like gathering up what I had JP there's a whole reason for this um, and then asking people because there was no definitive list to try and get a list together so I was in Glasgow picking up the last few copies and uh, we have done a show on the channel called the Axrom Video Retrospective I think it's called I should know yeah. <laughs> Um that's on Retro Video Club. There you go. And we started off by doing the Celtic Collection Volume One and Volume Two that you'll see second row for the top on the left hand side. So what I'm saying to yourself, JP, and those watching us today, um about four hundred watching at the moment which video should we do next, right? So we don't just upload the video onto YouTube. What we do is a a retrospective, like a review, and we pick Mm -hmm. out the the good, the funny, the embarrassing bits from the video, and we discuss them on the show. And at the end, we talk about, was it good, bad, or ugly, right? Because, I mean, as you'll see there, a lot of these videos were coming out in the kind of 1980s and 1990s, and we were harking back to the 1960s because there was nothing else to talk about. But there's some belters in there, JP. Is there any that catches your eye that you think we should cover next?
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details
3: it's the marketer's report this week Patrizio spagnoletto global chief marketing officer direct consumer for warner brothers discovery weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hi, the Celtic eighty eight eighty nine video that's kind of
2: third down. You see it? Yeah, I do. The one next to the Mark McNeill exclusive. I remember getting that in a charity shop. Uh, I can actually see on that video it's still got the sticker it says 9.99 that's incredible eh? and uh. I'll probably get from my like hour price or uh, something like that but, uh, HMV I I, yep. I, I I had that from a charity shop maybe about I don't know a couple of years later so it was like one of the sort of first Celtic videos that I had to watch that I owned you know mm-hmm. not stuff because I used to tape stuff off the telly all the time all the highlights sports scene and Scott sport <laughs> and all of that and f- and any full televised games that were on, I would I would tape the whole game. You know, a European game or something like that. I've got the whole um, Croatia Zagreb game <laughs> taped off the telly. You know, with Prozinezki. I know that was a bit later, but I mean, I was still even at nineteen, was still taping games off the telly because I'm a geek. But uh, that that one there, and that was actually the first season that I saw a Celtic game eighty-eight eighty-nine. The first, I think, I was at like the first home game of that season against Hamon Aki so another reason why it, it, my eyes go to it immediately but other ones the 5-1 game watched that over and over and over again the five star boys oh yes that was because Mark Burchill I mean well it was because we hammered them but it was also because Mark Burchill scored and you know I'd, I'd gone to school camp with him and knew him and stuff like that so like to actually know somebody that scored against Rangers was it blew my mind uh, absolutely blew my mind um, so that as well, and I don't know uh, the treble Martin and Neil treble uh, video as well. I, yes, I, I replaced that with the DVD. I had that on video, but I've got the DVD now. Um, I there's lo- I like the obscure ones as well, like the I did I see one. I saw one that was pretty random from the past. What's the Celtic files? What's that? I don't <laughs> think I've
1: remember- <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, it must have been pretty popular, right? Because there's uh, two covers, so they've sold out the first run and they've uh-huh. redone it. So the two of them are sitting together down there. There are quite a few in this collection I've never watched yet, JP, and mm-hmm. that's one of them. That is one of them. Um there was... has a problem? Because you can see, it looks like Larsson and Blinker on the cover with Janssen. Vim Janssen's on there as well. Uh-huh. And then mm-hmm. you've got things like Lord of the Wing, which is a- an incredible documentary. Unbelievable documentary is it Jamie Dolan the, the director who recently did the the documentary on the Celtic supporters where he interviewed the Albanian president and all these guys it was the same guy that did that Lord of the Wing oh, brilliant, really? superb and then you've got other ones that are narrated by McIlvany, the official history and some of them are narrated by Tony Roper and Billy what Conley McIlwani's voice is oh, it's brilliant. Paul Sheridan does a brilliant McIlwani did they? He
2: does. Oh, no, he I've heard him do it. Oh, yeah, he did <laughs> it in the car on the way through to do that uh, strip thing. Uh, but I, I heard uh, it was one of the videos that Lil Z shared on Twitter the other day, and it had the commentary was from. It was actually it was Celtic done United. It was the one 0 game in the Scottish Cup, uh, no League Cup, 1994. Uh, my, it was my first trip to Hampden, mm-hmm. and John Collins scored with about four minutes to go, bent one into the top corner. And uh, then on the wee clip that Little Z shared, that it had like Tommy Burns been interviewed afterwards, and he was talking about how the the, the the fans were starting to trust the the team more, you know, because they could see what it was what was happening with the team. And he said, "But this is a this is a process." He kind of said, "In not so many words, this is a process. It's going to take time." Uh, and then it cuts to John Collins, and he's got the. The thinnest, tightest tie on you ever seen in your life—a huge collar and this tiny little tie that just disappears into the shirt collar—and uh, you're standing next to a car. Because remember, you used to have cars at the side of the pitch. That's right. It.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Were they, were they like? What they? Why were they there? <laughs> <laughs> why did you have cars at the side of the pitch? Were they for sale? Were they? On a, was it a prize?
1: Was it an advertising?
2: You, some, uh, maybe some, someday some boffin can tell us hopefully but um if somebody does say that bring that up because i want to know i want to know why there was cars at the side of the pitch but the commentary was from jock brown and mm. regardless of any wrong doings that jock brown did at celtic his voice for me is synonymous with games oh, of talk totally, totally. his his voice just sounds brilliant
1: commentary and you should, should have stuck to that instead of getting it takes you back jp doesn't it his oh. voice archie mcpherson um dare i say jeremy McNeed commentated on a lot of games back then yeah, as well no, no, no. and it just takes you right back by the way these are the like official videos they're not all released by Celtic but I've also mm. been given like big boxes of the ones taped off the telly JP that are going to take me months to get through as well so who knows what I'm going to unearth on by these the way, tapes I, I,
2: as well. would, I, I would 100% on a rainy day be up for coming through and sitting uh, you know watching these watching these uh, highlights if it's highlights packages from the telly Celtic games from the 90s, that would be fantastic. Because I've got, I, mean, I don't know, five, six videos, maybe more of stuff taken off the telly, but that's only a snapshot. It's from like mainly from seasons uh, 93, 94, 95. That's when I was properly tape mm-hmm. uh, and everything, you
1: know. You take everything you can. Um, interviews, the whole lot. A couple of them as well. I will move on, but please tell me what you think should be the next uh, video that we do the retrospective on. Um, one of them was Celtic action from the sixties. Great Celtic action from the sixties. Then more great Celtic action from the sixties. And I read in one of the fanzines of the time, not the viewer, I think it was, it said that some guy, I don't know who it was, um, found the tape reels in a skip outside one of the TV studios in Glasgow, um, swiftly took them home, um, realised there was no rights to the, the content, so decided to... What, these, game, these games are pretty rare. I don't know mm-hmm. if they're on uh, YouTube and Lulzies, maybe use them, but anyway, we're going to work our way through these, including the Ian Rush testimonial, which finished Liverpool 6, Celtic 0. That'll be an interesting uh, show on that occasion. But there's loads of absolutely brilliant footage uh, within these... Interestingly, one final point, there's a there's a front cover with Tommy Coin on it, third from the bottom in the middle. Um and that was like a free video that was given out to something called the Celtic Family that you had to register with, JP, right? So this mm-hmm. wasn't for sale. I don't know what's on it, right? But on the back cover it advertises all the Celtic videos that are for sale and it says coming soon and it advertises two videos that were never released because by the time uh obviously they came around to release them, I think the old board had been binned so mm. the plans were shelved but it's interesting that these two videos were in the works and you just wonder how far in production they were in they sim- simply were never released so there we Tom, go
2: Tommy Coyne was about seven or eight rows in front of me in Seville is that At right? A game. I, I, I think he, I don't know if he's got kids but he was definitely there with you know a, a, like some a, a couple of younger guys and another guy so maybe it was his brother and his kids or something like that but it was definitely it was definitely Tommy Coyne so
1: one of his sons did play, um did play professional football, oh, senior football. Um, so it might have been him. Uh sorry for digressing, that's what JP and I do. Just talk to us about nostalgia. A bit, to be fair, you can't
2: if there's anybody got the knives out in the comments
1: as they often do, uh I mean you can't really grumble. We're talking about Celtic. Celtic nostalgia. So JP wants 889 89 season review. On the front cover of that, by the way, was Anton Rogan. Um, what do you want in the comments? Let me know because we will do what is the, the most requested video and we'll keep this series up. Uh, Tobago Street Police Station Celtic Supporters Club. There's a CSC for you. Uh, so very fortunate to have Ange Postacoglu steering the good ship Celtica. Uh, that is probably a reference to the title and I know that it was um, spoken about by Kevin and John yesterday. Um, in and around some of the press coverage, JP, uh, in relation to Ange Koglu, his future, um, where he's going to go, uh, and in the not too distant future, uh, if you believe what you read. Um, so Brighton were interested, Leicester were interested, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and, you know, the whole thing, I think the narrative throughout this show could certainly be looking at the agenda, the agenda of the press, and uh, not every member of the press, uh, I've got to say, but when you look at the stories around Ange Postecoglou uh, leaving Celtic when he's just got started, the stories around some of the comments made by the likes of Guillaume Souness, uh, Alan McCoist, in relation to Celtic's fan base. And let me just double-check that he actually said this. Uh, Souness claims that Celtic fans are the unacceptable face of Scottish football. Wow, where do you start with that comment coming from him? I mean, Graham Soonis, we know. What I would suggest to anybody uh, out there, and I'm pretty sure you've seen it, go on Twitter, have a look at Rangers' tax case. Um, I think that nobody nails it any better than they have over the last few days with, in relation to Graham Soonis and the hypocrisy of that man coming out.
2: Paragon um, of virtue, Graham
1: Soonis. <sighs> wow, <laughs> unbelievable, JP. Now, I know that. Most people have had their say on this, but I've not spoken about it. I don't think you've had an opportunity to speak about it. Check out the Rangers tax case. Their tweet um, states, On the 17th of May 2001, Blackburn Rovers agreed to buy two guy from Rangers for £1.3 million. Around the same day, Rangers opened an EBT account for the Blackburn Rovers manager, Graham Souness, on the 13th of June 2001. While still manager at Blackburn, Souness requested 30 k from his sub-trust. Now, that's just facts. You know, I mean, you can make up that what you will, JP. But the fact is soon as comes out and says it, but it's the way that it's then presented by the press. Mm. You know, the unacceptable face of Scottish football. Um and it's for me it's a disgrace that such a comment would even be given any kind of airtime, but because it has been, I think that Celtic fans are entitled to respond to that. Um for so me <laughs> and so we will. Absolutely, but for me, the unacceptable face of Scottish football is the anti-Irish racism that we see on a day-to-day basis, the anti-Catholic bigotry that we see on a day-to-day basis. And just yesterday, we've seen some footage of Kyle Lafferty. Night-to-night, if you're going by nightclub footage. uh... Nightclub footage, exactly. And this exists every single day in Scottish society and in Scottish football. So the hypocrisy around Sooners' comments left me i wasn't surprised because we see it time after time after time but that kind of narrative you've just got to snuff it out jp it's a ridiculous comment for him to make
2: well firstly he i i, I don't know what what platform was he on was it Talksport or something like that uh, i think it was Talksport.
1: he was probably speaking or writing on a platform owned by rupert murdoch
2: but it was de- it was definitely like a it was a, a, a clip of a, it was a video clip of him talking with a microphone, so he must have been on a radio show or something like that. Was it with Jim White probably? <laughs> we know where Jim White's loyalties lie, you know. And you get you immediately get sort of branded a moon howler or whatever if you start saying things that about you know why did Sunis respond to a question about that payment and said he was scouting for Europe uh, scouting in Europe for Rangers at that time. Well, why would he be doing that when he was the manager of uh, exactly. another club? Yeah. So, nah, uh, I, I don't, I don't buy that at all. But I just think everybody wanted to have their pennies worth over this, and everyone wanted to create a, a narrative, and they've created that narrative. And well, you only need to look at the Scotland game last night. I didn't see the start of the game, but apparently the response to the, the you know. After this period of mourning, there was yet another another uh, occasion to to display uh, grief at this game last night. I just think it was after what's going on. I was out of the country for the last six days, so I wasn't here for for everything and the lead up to it and all the rest of it. But I just think it was a step too far, and that was obviously displayed vocally and loudly by uh, by the, the the Scotland support last night. It's not. Celtic, it's not Dundee United, it's not Hibbs. It, it, it's clearly a divisive uh, a divisive subject. The whole subject of monarchy and the mm-hmm. royal family, not necessarily directed at one individual who, who has passed away. You know, it, it's it's about this whole institution. I think like the graffiti on the wall at the Loudoun Tavern said it oh, all, eight million pounds for a funeral while our country starves, mm-hmm. where people while well, people are I mean, how can you possibly justify that? That's madness. Anyway, that's just that's an aside. Um, but with regards to the video of Kyle Lafferty, I mean, I'm not surprised at all that that was his response. I've seen that guy in a football pitch. I know what he has been like towards the Celtic fans when he's scored goals. And obviously, he gets it tight. There's no doubt about it. But when you know that that's living within him, and that's this, that's his response to that situation. I hate that, by the way, I hate that whole folk going up and getting videos and pretending to get a picture, and then it's a video, and then they say something, because it's happened yeah. to Celtic Whereas you've seen it, you know, Ralston got done, and um, Chris Scott Brown, yeah. Chris Sire, Scott Brown's been done, mm-hmm. and it it's just, it's such wee guy power, you know, I don't, I, it, regardless of what side it's on, but it's, Interesting to see the reactions of the players that it's happened to on our side that they just go with that and walk away. Aye. Maybe been trained to do that. But yeah. then you get a clown like Lafferty who comes out with that and then just gives well, gives them probably what they were looking for in the first place. I don't like I said, I don't agree with people going up to football players and doing that and like hoodwinking them. I think it's pretty bad pattern, but I certainly don't agree with what was said in response to it. You know No, you, you're
1: right. Now apparently there's an internal investigation at Kilmarnock, JP. But what I want to hear is how the Scottish Football Authorities are going to deal with this.
2: Mm. Mm. You know, because
1: right. it, on the one hand, like you say, we won't get into the the, the monarchy question because I think most people uh, will realise um, what our thoughts are on it. JP, mm. my biggest concern there is um, really democracy and uh, dictatorship and the, the the thin line that seems to exist between the two. Um, in this country, and that 's something that has been brought uh, under the spotlight over the last couple of weeks in relation to that, whereby you 're not allowed to have an opinion on it that doesn 't meet the narrative yeah. uh, of the mainstream um, and the political opinion so that that 's a concern but again that 's maybe for another another day on another podcast. but what you want to see is uh, Lafferty investigated you want him uh, to be made an example of, and uh, you know because when uh, the boot is on the other foot as it were uh, they're, they're only too happy to, to have their tuppens worth uh, JP the likes of Sunis, um who I think was one of the worst coming out and saying that but again you've got a right to reply and I think that sometimes as well um, our club need to come out and, and respond to some of the, the comments that have been made uh, to besmirch the good name of Celtic supporters
2: by the way, people would maybe fling back at you the Lee Griffiths retort in the airport when someone said something to Lee Griffiths and he, he said back, your club's deed, mate, or beat it, your club's deed, mate. I mean, <laughs> that is as maybe as to whether or not you'd be like, oh, well, does somebody deserve to be hauled up in front of the SFA for making that comment to some guy that was being abusive to him in the airport? I don't, I don't necessarily think so. But if it was one of our players that had said, uh, you know, Orange bees or something like that. Back to someday, I would be like, "Well, you need to rein your, you need to rein that in. You can't, can't be speaking to people like that, regardless of how much and how annoying it is when someone does something like that to you. You need to obviously have the self-discipline to bite your tongue and walk away, which is primarily what I've seen our, our players do in those situations. I, I show, show me. I mean, Scott Brown had somebody shout something about his sister. Yeah. Uh, Outside the iBrox. Mm-hmm. He didn't respond with orange bees or FU or anything like that. He just kind of gave them a look as if to say.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla test Intelligence data Q3 2022 in Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com/internet for details.
3: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iheartresults.com for more.
2: That's that's really bad. Like, and to be it's fair repulsive. to quite to fair to the Rangers, I and mean, that was filmed as well for effect for to, the purpose of putting it online to fire
1: up on social media. Yeah. It's pathetic,
2: and, and, and people around about. To be fair to them, a lot of folk were like, oh, 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 "Oh, that you've crossed the line," you know, like fellow Rangers fans who obviously have a moral comfort. some
1: level think. of humanity. Yeah, yeah,
2: to 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 be like, no, you can't say that to somebody. That's horrendous. So. Yeah, I mean that that that's my take on that.
1: I use the word pathetic, which leads me on to Pierce Morgan. I mean, he, he called Celtic fans pathetic, JP. This is a man. Uh, even the like the the more well known um issues that, that he's created um in his various roles in the newspaper industry, head hunted in the in his twenties by Rupert Murdoch. Um and some of the other less unknown stories about Morgan are worth investigating okay. as well. You know, he's the guy that was um who was taken to task by the then Prince Charles for um, glorifying an incident at uh, Harry's School where he got injured during probably a game of polo or maybe rugby, I'm not sure which... And um, photographs and all that ended up in the paper and it was seen as an intrusion of privacy and he was um, slapped down at the time by Prince Charles, who obviously is the man now that he's, he's trying to get a wee knighthood off of. That's, that's about the only um, kind of motivation I can see from the likes of Morgan getting involved in the, the discussion. This is a guy who, um, yeah, there's loads of other stories, but you know what, I mean. Wh- his- the James
2: Whale one, did you see that? Oh, no. Where the guy, yeah. guy just said... Why? Why did you know? Why did she mean so much to you? And why, you know, what? Explain it to me. And then the guy he just lost it. He lost it on air. It was...
1: And the thing is, they can mute the person, so you don't have a right to reply. And then obviously they, mm. they can say whatever they want to you, JP. And mm-hmm. then they post it. They can't wait to post that on social media to get the pile on. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's just dreadful, dreadful behaviour. Um, I'll bring this up. Well, I see it, Stevie Kenny. What date is the Gracie's thingy? That's a good question because the Gracie's thingy, right, we have announced it and we put a, a wee poster or two here or there on the social media channels, uh, JP, but it's mm-hmm. virtually sold out, virtually sold out. We haven't even got round to announcing who the guest is, um, right. but it's the 20th of January. But while we're on the subject, I'll come back to the VHS videos in a second because there's quite a few comments coming in. Um, who should be the guest, JP? If you could see a guest with Axom in Gracie's on the 20th of January, who should it be? Roy Aitken oh good shout there was never a VHS video made for Roy was there
2: because I think he'd probably have really good stories he's in that period of a crossover between uh, Steen and is it is that right am I right in saying that well he head made head his up.
1: debut he made his debut uh, the season that Steen was recuperating from his car crash and that happened in 76 the car crash I believe mm-hmm Uh, 75, 76 so Aiken made his debut he was the youngest ever Celtic at the time 16 so
2: I was right in thinking that then that was just off the top of the dome but he's he's part of that he's over as a player he oversaw a massive change in Celtic Mm -hmm. and I think there would be a lot of well I know he's obviously employed at Celtic now as an ambassador so there might be uh limitations and what he can divulge as to how stephen was treated by the club and everything else but I suppose he could speak from a football and uh, uh aspect of how the how everything kind of changed in that time you know and then watched Aberdeen and Dundee united become yeah prominent prominent forces and how attitudes changed towards them as a club
1: maybe this has all been aired and i'm uh, uh, I don't think it has I don't think he's done that much has he Really in terms of media and stuff like that No I mean I suppose he doesn't really come
2: across As a sort of gags guy Or anything like that But I think if you were to be You know not to blow smoke up your proverbial But if you were to be interviewing him You would probably get out of him What I as a viewer Or uh, audience member Would want to hear Just because you know Your stuff about that time and everything else because you've looked into it, not that uh, there's not many loads of other people that know that as well, but if you're in a position to be able
1: to speak to him about mm. about Celtic then that's somebody that I would like to That hear. would be brilliant, that's a great shout JP um, Roy Aiken. anybody else you would suggest? Let us know in the comment section, it's the 20th of January and there is a link in the video description if you fancy getting one of the last remaining tickets for Gracie's in January um, Q&A, absolutely, but there are other things uh, that are going to happen that night that um, are not too radical, JP, but they're a wee bit different from your usual and audience with evening. Uh, there is an interactive element as well, uh, should that be your thing. Patrick Harold, Celtic, the Irish Connection. That, I don't know if it was ever released on VHS, but I do have the DVD of that particular uh, production, so we'll get round to that Patrick and Kevin Graham poet, Big Nev's testimonial ties in with the John Joe Kenny Cup um, Big Nev's testimonial is in there actually and it, it leads me to to mention that because there was three testimonial DVDs right? and I don't know if there's anything before or after the actual 90 minutes of footage JP Right? Mm. so it was a Brian Robson testimonial down at Old Trafford, Neville Southall and Ian Rush so obviously part of the the testimonial package was that they would release a video of the game and you would make money from that as well. Because these videos were selling huge numbers back then, weren't they? Mm.
2: Oh, I, I mean, testimonials were like the holy grail as a Celtic for me as a Celtic fan in the kind of mid to late 90s, having known of the testimonials that had taken place before my time as a fan, a match going fan. So then the opportunity to go to one, I went to. Uh, well, he's not exactly a, a name that has is, 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 uh, potentially got much uh, popularity attributed to him at the moment given his court case uh, ongoing court case but I went to Ryan Giggs testimonial that Man United Celtic won Celtic one four three, 4 3 and that was still to this day one of the best trips I've ever had You know, arriving in Manchester sunny day, really hot just drinking all day and then I'm pretty sure we had that full stand. I, I might be wrong. Maybe maybe the mists of time has uh, made me think otherwise, but it felt like we had the whole stand. Maybe we just had the top tier or whatever, but there was a lot of Celtic fans at that game and it was it was just brilliant. So, yeah, there's, it's just a shame that there's not players, that many players nowadays that will get testimonials so that those, those things won't happen as often as they used to, you know? Uh
0: Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data. Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details.
2: Yeah, Tom Boyd, was he? his testimony was against Man United. at Celtic. United, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got beat 2-0, I think. That was yeah. a, like a Beckham, Scholes, all,
1: all those Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. Andy Gorham in goals for Man United. Was he? He came on, came on as a didn't, sub. Didn't
2: remember that. Uh, yeah, I that, was, yeah. that game um, didn't expect to beat Man United at that point. You know we're not we're not kidding ourselves on Man United were a completely well we did we did, we did beat them in two thousand and one I suppose, um, but I think that was due to the introduction of a lot of new players for them at that point. They signed Van Nistelrooy and Juan Sebastian Veron had come in as well. They all made their debuts in that game. And then the
1: Man U the Man U thing. Danny McGray and Roy Aiken were were both Manchester United. Their testimonials. Uh, Lou McCary. Got the testimony of man you played Celtic mm-hmm. and all these games like my dad and my uncle Chick who took me to my first game um, at Celtic Park they they went to all these games you know and they, they talk about like going down to Old Trafford to watch the Rapid Vienna playoff well I, I call it a playoff the third game the replay mm-hmm. um, after the the bottle incident at Celtic Park so the other night there I'm I'm running at my mum's and in pops Chick the, my uncle. And, uh, you know, just casually, it was like talking about the Real Madrid game and my old fella's sitting and they're just talking away. And I says, were you guys at the, the last game in 1980? And check, oh, aye, aye, I was at that game, aye. And you know what I mean? You're just taking it for granted because you went to all the games. I think my mm. dad must have been working back shift. Um, but they didn't They didn't walk about wearing it like a badge on. And it's just ah, that's what you did. You went home and away. You went to all the games. Um, so it was good to catch up there. But... Uh, the testimonial thing, like you say, JP, it's a dying, dying art now, and I think last season we were talking about near Beaton and Tommy Rogic getting testimonials, so we're coming into that period, they are now gone. James a. Forrest and Callum McGregor, I'm guessing, uh, will be in line for a testimonial. Um, dare I say Tony Ralston and, um, will probably be a one-club man, who knows, I know he's had a few loan deals here and there. Uh, Listen to this. For those of a younger persuasion, there was a thing called BHA, BHS. Aye, there was uh, there was also VHS and Betamax, which was the uh, other model of video recorder that you could you could uh, well, hire well, and record third, on.
2: There was a third as well, which is what we had in my household. What's that? Uh huh. It was called a V two thousand.
1: I've never heard of that. <laughs>
2: I've never no, heard of no, the V two thousand. I though. don't know who made it. They had gigantic takes, and I I would. I'd lay money on the fact that there's there'll be somebody watching that remembers a V2000. I need to
1: get my hands on one of these. I wonder you, could if never, any...
2: you could never get V2000, or if you did, there was like a very, very small section in the video shop that were V2000. I mean, you're talking about 10 videos or something, and I hired them all out when we got our V2000, the first of which, I believe, was the Kim Basinger, Dan Aykroyd, uh, light-hearted... Sci-fi comedy, my stepmother is an alien. Which you know, I, oh, I, this I, is nostalgia. Like this is that for a long, long time. But that, that, and uh, there was another one. I think it was haunted, haunted honeymoon with Gene Wilder. Uh,
1: they I, I, don't I, make movies like that anymore. You, and, and I know I'm now no, sounding very old, which I am. To a no, but it was, it
2: was it was a game changer when we did finally get a VHS and bin the V two thousand because it was a whole new world that meant I could. Choose videos from all over the store, so I would straight into like, the action section to get like Predator and Robocop and all that. So,
1: oh, different different world, man. I mean, video wars, VHS, Betamax, V two thousands. Well, there was actually Robert. If if you look back on that picture, there was a V, there was a Betamax video in amongst that pile that bundle. Uh, The Celtic story which was indeed the very first video that Celtic ever released as an official production Um, and it uh, basically was Celtic's history from 1888 to 1967 I should say 1887 till 1967 and that was the first history uh, video thankfully it was re-released on VHS, we've got that as well, but there was a Betamax, I I was having a look at the tape, it was just a different size this big chunky plastic um, that we used to use, now these things are all gone uh, we can get everything at our fingertips well you will be able to watch these once we get them up that. on YouTube
2: I mean, I've mean, still got all this I can't part with this this is this is essentially an art ex, 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 exhibition in my flat you know I just it's all, all this stuff is, is me I mean I'm, I will eventually whittle it down and I'm like slowly but surely you know getting stuff albums that mean a lot to me on vinyl rather than have them on CD just because uh, you know, it's nice to have the vinyl copy, but uh, it's quite hard to do.
1: <laughs> but the, the thing is, JP, right, that there, there is this whole um, social aspect around going into somebody's uh, pad and, and seeing a collection of records, books, CDs, DVDs, mm. whatever it is, and straight away, there you go, right, you can actually spark up a discussion based on that. You can decide if you're going to like that person based on their records. You mm. don't have that anymore with people that have just got everything digital on their phone, or on their um. device. So, you know, it's something that, as long as guys like you and I keep the nostalgia alive, JP, and <laughs> there'll, there'll be plenty more like us. Brendan <laughs> Monaghan, uh, loving it, guys, from the Netherlands. Hail, hail, and a hail, hail to you. Anybody who um, hasn't checked out Brendan, check him out on the socials and on YouTube as well. Has, has anybody come on to say about the cars at the side of the pitch at Hamden, why they were there? <laughs> I've got meager an like And this isn't the cars we're talking about that were kind of like a light blue colour. Uh, for people who might have had some kind of uh, handicap and they would be sitting watching the game from the from the wee blue cars. These are, this You're talking proper Size motors. Like that. there were like massive cars. That, that it was as if it was like an
2: auction or something like that at the side of the pitch. And I know that they've done that thing at Celtic Park a couple of times where you've got to smack a ball from the centre circle into an open boot of a car, which, by the way, I think maybe I've spoke about this before, but... Probably a long time ago. Anthony Stokes did it. Um like the, the, the people that were taking part in it did it and missed it by miles, as you would imagine. But Anthony Stokes just was like kind of having a look and sort of wet measuring it up and he just took a couple of touches and then smacked it and it just went like that off the top and then and in and it stayed in the boot. Does it surprise
1: me about Stokesy? I mean, that that's a player, JP, that lost, I think, five years of a top-flight football career mm. just through his behaviour, his off-field antics. But Stokesy, what a talent that boy was, you know, and, and he's been lost to the game.
2: Have you, uh, well, speaking of that, have you seen that that Twitter video that's been going viral about the guy that um, he's like a lower-league footballer? I have seen that. <laughs>
1: Because M- Mundial god. Mundial sent uh, retweeted it or something. I my god, that's a guy. player.
2: In the, the first sort of twenty seconds of watching it, I was like, "Is this? Is someone staged all this?" I know. And then there was so many different games and different scenarios and like these rubbish wee parks you know like that you'd play in one of know,
1: them's like you, you can see the housing I, you see the <laughs> that looks like that looks like leaf links actually it,
2: mm-hmm. it's very similar to leaf links there's a pitch at leaf links that has that kind of housing background and it. But some of the finishes that he, he puts away you know nonchalant you know first-time volleys from about 30 yards out into the top oh. corner and then he's even got like you know running in and going. and Dump, you know, selling the keeper one, and then dinking it into the and oh, in oh off oh the post. Yeah. One was in off the post. That's just sweet as a nut.
1: I know. If he's got a personality, there's there's a, a whole world out there in the world they're podcasting for him and broadcasting.
2: I <laughs> yeah, well, the, com- the comments are pretty good. There's people all going like, eh, "You just know this guy loves a Gregs and all that." You know, <laughs> the comment the comments are a little
1: bit uh, harsh but also... they are a bit they are a bit talking about um, abusing kebabs and Stella otherwise mm. he would have been playing for England or that I thought mm. that was a bit harsh Stephen the maestro would be worth a look i remember watching that back in the day um, the maestro video so absolutely Stephen we'll get into to that one and there's uh, Michael McDonald also talking about the 5-1 game uh, in goals for Celtic that day Tony Warner on loan from Liverpool at the time I'm sorry to bring music into it but they played you 2 the sweetest thing, oh, the sweetest uh, thing,
2: yeah. At, 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 right at the end of the game, they played, they played the sweetest thing uh, as the, the sort of the last tune, like where everybody was figuring out. And I, I think the Rangers fans were kept in, and they and what what I heard was that they just kept playing the goals, the five goals on a loop, and and, and obviously there's all the TVs and the stairwells and everything, so they were all stuck, couldn't get out. Had left their seats, but they were in the. The sort of vest, you know, the, the foyer areas, and they had all the screens, and they were just playing it, whilst also pumping out you to the sweetest thing. Which that's fair enough.
1: <laughs> that seems fair to me.
2: I mean, I, I mean, it, was, it was it was revenge for quite
1: a lot that happened in the nineties. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Kevin Graham's watching live. What's the views one? Well, there's a couple in there that I was completely unaware of, and the Celtic views one is a collection of, I think, Celtic fans. Um, who are maybe reciting stories and, and poems, etc. Kevin. So I don't know if you were on it uh, back in the day, but I don't ever think it was for sale, JP. It was maybe one of these ones that was sent out or given free with a self yeah, view or something. I'm set, not sure.
2: subscription thing, because Man United used to do like a monthly video where you could subscribe and you'd get like a monthly uh, magazine. I remember I had one and it had like an interview with Beckham when he was just in the youth team. And uh i'm sure he had like a poster of eternal on his wall Sadly. which is mental considered he ended up marrying a spice girl but he had and then he showed him showing off his boots and he'd written his name like he'd written beckham on the back corner of his adidas boots and i think it was in like tipex or something and then you think he goes on to like probably know. have an entire range of boots made by adidas uh, I wonder if I, I've never seen that since I wonder if that's on YouTube just to just to watch back for the sheer hilarity of the, or the absurdity of the fact there's this wee guy that's just I know you know not got any money yet he's just in digs at Man United and then he goes on to become this iconic footballer you know
1: The interesting thing that you were talking about having posters on the wall, um, there is, and I think it might be on YouTube, uh, some kind of documentary thing um, that showed a lot of early footage of the Spice Girls and um, Victoria Adams was her name, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, She's in our bedroom and on the wall is a Manchester United player, but it's not David Beckham. Is it Lee Sharp? It's Ryan Giggs, man. <laughs> All right. Okay. Check it out. Uh, B, Celtic Files was Vim Janssen's season, right? That's great. I will enjoy watching that uh, for sure. Um, Pat Dolan, I'm going to bring this up because I agree with Pat, right? It's high time Celtic put together a HD subscription streaming service. Uh, days of tapes are long gone, so too DVD, Blu ray. I remember f- for a while, JP, that you could access Celtic's archive online. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what it was called, and I don't think it was a subscription basis, uh, but I remember going on and watching things that they had produced for the old Celtic TV Mm -hmm. when it wasn't even called Celtic TV. What was it called? Channel 67? Yeah, I think you're right. It was Channel 67. So obviously they produced loads and loads of material, and it's all sitting in a hard drive somewhere. Um, and they made it available for a while and I don't know if the cost or the running cost was too much but it was in a superb system and I was going in and watching wee documentaries they'd made on guys like George Connolly from back in the day, that are not available anywhere else. It was uh, called The Lost Boy, the George Conley story and all that. So Celtic have got a massive archive, and like Pat Dolan says there, you know, they should use it. It should be worked into some kind of uh, membership scheme. It could be part of your worldwide Celtic membership scheme, perhaps. Um, Gary, here we go. Gary Madden, the green and whitewash in there. It is, Gary, it is in there as well, um, where... Chris Sutton's on the front of it, and it's got all the scores underneath. So, yeah, I've not heard. Um, no, 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 no. Stevie Kenny's talking about the other cars that um, used to be around the park. The one JPs are to- talking about are, are genuine normal size motors that used to be on the side of the park, right? Uh, was, what was, that was the
2: what was backside the of Hamden was big. You know, there was like a huge area between the stand and the and the pitch. So they were just parked. <laughs> yeah.
1: The worst one I ever saw was uh, in terms of advertising. It was was the uh, hot tubs at um, Falkirk. So <laughs> in the corner, of one of the in the corner of one of the stands, there was a there was a company that installed a massive big hot tub and like you could pay VIP or something just sit there with all your mates watching the game and have a few beers. I Found it bizarre, um, but yeah, I, I, it, they did try that. Just
2: just reminded myself there that I'm actually going to Capital tonight to watch uh, the Ton versus Air United in the in the cup. I think it's really? the, the be the Challenge Cup or the whatever the cup is called, the Ramsden's Cup formerly known as the Ramsden's Cup anyway yeah. um, my mate Dave from work just texted me last night and said, uh, well, got a couple of tickets for the ton tomorrow night if you would fancy it so I was just like, why not, gotta go and watch uh, Green Morton the last time I was there we were, it was against Patrick Thistle and Thistle went 1-0 up and then Morton equalised and there was a pitch invasion and then then they scored the winner and there was a bit another pitch invasion and Geach was like I've been coming to see Morton for over 40 years I've never ever seen this happen it's like I don't know if you've had some sort of influence in this JP but like just all these like wee guys just stormed the pitch going daft because their team had come back their goal down against Patrick Dishaw and the, the more the capital security security are kind of standing just going no no don't, don't come on the pitch like it, there was, there was no chance they were going to stop a bunch of you guys running on the, the, the. I mean, it was it was like a kinda, it was like a classroom out of control on a, on a, on a slightly larger scale.
1: <laughs> I remember um, one thing that nobody was ever able to answer. Uh, doing some research on Neely Mockin's early career, obviously his senior career started at uh, uh, Morton, as they were known back then. It wasn't Greenock mm-hmm. Morton, and uh, they flew a flag of Greece. On one of the, in fact, it was on the main stand at mm-hmm. Capitol, um, and nobody could answer to me the reasons behind that. Um, so I spoke to a couple of Morton historians, and they couldn't explain it either. But in the newspaper, it was talking about the fact that there was they were flying the flag of Greece, and that, you're talking the 19, 1940s because um, nearly had national service for a couple of years in between, um, starting with Morton and then getting transferred to Celtic, uh, Middlesbrough it was, before coming to Celtic. So anybody any comments, let me know. I'll, I'll ask each,
2: he's a, a Morton uh, historian. He knows. Is he? He, oh, God, I, I mean, he's absolute in with the bricks at he's, you He's know, a lifelong Morton fan uh, and regularly winds me up about the the 1-0 Dougie Emery uh, Cup game in Celtic Park, which I mean, I'm pretty sure Van Dyke played in that game. So Tommy Rogic played that
1: that game for sure.
2: Yeah. Um, um, see, before we run out of time, we were going to talk. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about Ange Postecoglou and uh, you know the whole Brendan Rodgers. Uh, it's been a, a, a
1: f- quick f- hour. It's been a quick f- hour. JP.
2: 57 minutes as I mentioned, Brendan rogers But um, I was talking. I was like talks talk um But I saw some some article. Or someone shared an article about Ange going to Australia, just saying, you know, he shouldn't be away doing this promo, selling tickets for this game in Australia. And, you no, know, they should have left that to, like, Bankier and Nicholson to go and do that rather than Ange Postacoglu. I mean, it's an international week. Yeah. Nothing was mentioned in that article about the fact that it's international week and quite a lot of the players are away. And I, I don't really think Ange has gone over there with a gun to his head You know, like, oh, you must go over and do this, you know, as part of your job or or something like that. You know, he's not been to Australia for like three years. Should have given the opportunity to go back for however long he's there for, three, four days. He's not going to be upset about that. You know, him did
1: Harry Keogh go as well? Uh, the, The thing is, JP, right? you've got to remember when the contracts are signed on things like this, this may have been part of the conditions, right? So you you do the press junkets. It's not like Ange Posokoko turns up and there's a line of press there just by chance. I mean, he's been on radio, he's been on TV, he's done the whole thing, right? So I'm pretty sure that they've been written into the contract that Celtic signed um, and in and around the Sydney Cup as part of the promo for the event. You're, you're promoting an event in Australia, you've got an Australian manager, of course, he's going to be the guy that's representing the club. You know, mm-hmm. there's an international break, there's a perfect time for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So, anybody that's got an issue with that, you've just got to question uh, the motives behind it. Because what's the issue? What is the issue with Ange doing it? You know?
2: I, I don't know. I did like his comment about, you know, I just lost my first game in a year, so I had to get out of the country. You know, that's what he said. <laughs> I mean, I'm not making light of the fact that we lost the game because I'm still not really over that because it just was a spectacular collapse. I I did say last week, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I remember sitting there talking to you while I was in Spain saying, you can't just think that you've got the three points for this game already and that we would potentially be a bit of a a stuffy afternoon as it proved to be. I didn't Mm. think we would get beat 2-0. I mean, I don't think anybody would have predicted that. I thought... You know, maybe it would be like a draw. That might be what we'd come away with. And a draw would have been a, a, a damaging result as well. But just the, you could tell from the tempo in the first 10-15 that it wasn't quite right and, and not everybody was at it. Uh, and,
1: and then at, trying to change the tempo is going to be very difficult, especially for the substitutes coming on, the, JP.
2: The, ch- the changes as well, just just... My stream kept cut, cutting out and, uh, and it would cut back and there'd be another new face on the pitch and you'd be like, my God, this is this is most, it's so disjointed. It's like mm-hmm. trying to put put into the team what should have been there from the start. You know, you go back and look at it and you're like, we've gone into an international break. We missed a game the weekend before. Why make so many changes? I know we're not football managers and I'm sure Ange is probably gone through this in his own head and been like, well, maybe I made too many changes looked at the Ross County game in Dingwall and thought, well, I made nine there and got away with a 4-1. So, mm. he didn't obviously bank on St Mirren being so committed and organised. I was speaking to a guy at work last night who just, he's a Rangers fan and he just uh, laughed and he was like, that was a cut main masterclass for the last 20, 25 minutes, wasn't it? And I was like, I mean, that's mental that we're saying that, that a guy is being described as having a, had a masterclass against Celtic, a guy who's... You know, a, 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 an SPFL journeyman essentially who's been around, and I don't know where he, where he went out with Scotland, but he's obviously back and he's at St. Mirren. And the amount of times the camera cut to him after he'd shielded the ball at a corner, or you know, eating up some time with something else. It, it, I mean, it's a bit much, it's a bit of a stretch to call it a masterclass, but it, you know, he, he did, he did do really well and, and saw out the game for them. Mm. Uh, quite confidently, so. But just to touch on the Ange Postacoglu Brighton, Leicester, whoever is the latest club to be linked with him, he's come that he's come out and shut it down. I, I really just think that it's it's now going to be the case that he's probably going to get linked with anybody. A, any job that comes up, he's <laughs> is, is going to get linked with just because he's a name and he's made he's made waves. He's in the, he's he's quite popular in the media and and is a popular guy and there's there's definitely a story there that you know journalists will be like oh well he can take what he's done at Celtic and, and do that at a, another club in England but I, I don't think we're in a Brendan Rodgers situation here I hope, hope that doesn't come back to bite me but I really don't think that we're in a situation where he's going to suddenly be standing in a a Leicester City suit at the side of the, and, you know, being walked around the pitch side. I just don't see that happening.
1: No, uh, and you're right. the, the warning signs were there with Brennan Rodgers. You know, they, they talk about uh, going to take this big contract in in China. Remember and taking Dembele with them and all this mm. kind of stuff. And the the rumor mill uh, from good sources um, made you wonder what what his intentions were. So, uh, you know, yes, it was a shock when it happened, but there were warning signs prior to that about the character um, of Brennan Rogers, which is a different kind of character um, than Ange Postacoglu. The loudest roar um, looks interesting. Yes, it does. Um, I think it was done for the 25th, maybe the 25th anniversary of of Lisbon. Um, So we'll have a look at all of these. And um, Paul wants to know if you've got the V2000 at the bar. Ah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can't tell you I'm going to actually have a
2: quick Google of it as we're wrapping up but I, I can't tell you much about it other than it was about in the sort of mid-80s and uh, it was a, a gigantic video and there it is, oh my god, there's a picture of it Video 2000 or V2000 is a consumer video cassette system and analogue recording standard developed by Philips and Grundig to compete with JVC's VHS and Sony's Betamax video technologies. I didn't
1: know Sony were behind the Betamax. There you go learn something new. You always, you always do it. Not always about Celtic, but you will learn something on <laughs> Thursday's edition of the Axel and uh, JP, yeah, we could have dug in a wee bit more on the comments around Ange, but I think that uh, we did cover quite a lot of bases there and it's always an absolute pleasure. Keep the comments coming in um, and as I say, we will be covering the retro videos on the channel very, very soon. We'll have another one up next week and we'll keep them coming because we have been nominated JP, again, for Football Content Awards, Um, and this time it's for best in videos, so we're going to make a few videos just to make you uh, decide whether or not you think we deserve a vote, and if you do think that we deserve a vote, give us one, and you've got a wee link underneath the video. Um, We're going down to Manchester to represent Axom, and hopefully we can come back up with another gong. Um, Thanks, everybody, for getting involved in the comments. It's always a pleasure, and thank you once again to JP Mason for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Thank you.